Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living your life on mission for the glory of God. You're listening to part two of a conversation about why gender matters and why it's under attack. So if you haven't already listened to the opening episode where Pastor David goes into the biggest reasons why this is such a battleground, you will probably want to hear that first. And now let's go back to the table and listen to Becca and Steve take this conversation further. So as David has already alluded to, there is so much angst in our world over Mm -hmm. the term gender. There's so much confusion. There's a lot of accusations being thrown out. And a couple that I wanted to just mention that I've heard said even just recently are that defining gender roles is a weapon to control people. Hmm. It's a tool to abuse. Um, It's for a need to feel morally superior to others or as a way to get or keep power. And those things are, whew, those are accusations right there. Um, And how how do we deal with that? How do we speak about this topic lovingly and truthfully? And again, like you said, it just has to go to the word. Mm -hmm. If we don't know what the word says, we will fall into confusion. We will get frustrated. We will fear. We will compromise, which isn't real love. And we won't be able to give people real hope or real anything. It'll be, it's counterfeit. It's completely mm-hmm. counterfeit. It's fool's gold. So the two notes of caution I want to address first um, as we get into this even more and a little deeper is, number one, I think it's important to note that there is a power grab Mm-hmm. There is actually a power grab going on, um, and this has happened from the time Satan rebelled against God in heaven, right? Yeah. Until, literally, until Jesus returns again and every knee bows to him. It's it's we're gonna be in that in that realm, and it could go by different names, but really at the heart, the question is who's on the throne, who's in control, who has authority. And we know as Christians, this is God, but are we willing to put him on that throne? Are we willing to put him on that throne, even in our personal conversations with people that we, that we love that don't, that just don't think the same way as us? Mm -hmm. Are we still willing to keep him on that throne and without fear, without shame? Um, Because yes, his authority is under attack. It always has been. The truth of the Bible is under attack. And if we don't know what it says, we, we, we don't decide to trust what God says about this um, because we know him. We know him personally and we trust him. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to fall into something that's so destructive. So it starts, in my opinion, with trust of a God that we know who is a loving and his design is inherently loving and beautiful and perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing, the second little caveat here is there's always going to be bad examples. Okay. Yeah. In our world today, take any topic and every person can pick out the straw man <laughs> and tear it to shreds. Okay, that's all we see right now, really, ultimately, is tearing down mm. straw men. We're not really engaging mm-hmm. in discussions here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always going to be a bad example. There's always going to be people using verses out of context, um, using scripture incorrectly. 
and using it to, yes, people use these verses about gender roles to abuse. They do. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've seen it done. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we, that doesn't mean we throw it all out. It means we look at what the Bible actually says and, and we, we proclaim that well. And we use correct hermeneutics to have a complete picture of what God is saying. So that being said, (laughs) a couple main points here. Number one, what God says actually works. So how he created things to be, again, is inherently good. It's inherently loving. He did make men and women biologically different. Mm -hmm. We can't deny that. It's literally science. Mm -hmm. We are made differently. To deny that is a distortion of his creation, of just the world itself. Um, The roles God created are what causes human flourishing. The family causes human flourishing. Um, There's many studies that have been done about this. I Mm -hmm. don't even have the time to go into it. (laughs) Uh, All of these things we can go into a deeper dive. But... Um, the man leading the home um, out of biblical love and biblical sacrifice, that's an inherently beautiful thing. Yeah. The woman following, helping, nurturing, that's an inherently beautiful thing. We are all equal at the foot of the cross, right? We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is either male, female, Jew or Greek, um, slave or free. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Wonderful verse. Um, we know that we're equal um the question isn't equality the question is um you know in our different roles in our relationships um we have a marriage relationship that's a partnership of mutual respect teamwork and mutual upbuilding and this this brings joy it brings so much joy we are the ones that complicate it when we try to add in whatever the culture of the moment decides it should be. Mm-hmm. So the Proverbs 31 woman, I think, is such a quintessential example that we have to mention. Mm. Because this That's example, why we got the female here in the <laughs> <laughs> I am, I guess because the one female here. Right? Um, but that example is so important because... It's neither a June Cleaver idea, <laughs> nor is it a Gloria Steinem idea. It's it's neither one. Mm-hmm. The Proverbs 31 woman was industrious, ambitious. Um, she was praised even in the city gates, right? She had influence. She nurtured. Mm-hmm. She helped. She even led. And she was honored because of her hard work and her inner character. Mm-hmm. And man... If you need a second to look through that passage, I'm not going to take the time to read through it verse by verse, but so encouraging women. And and yes, I mean, we joke about it. It's like, wow, a lot to live up to. But hey, that's what we can be. Let's not mm-hmm. settle for less. Let's not sell ourselves short from what we're created to be here. Um, but men... <laughs> Men don't have to be what we see in pop culture, right? Men don't have to be stupid, lazy, overgrown children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every sitcom, right? Every <laughs> sitcom is what they're painted as. Um, women don't have to be controlling, manipulative. I'm too independent to have any needs at all. <laughs> people, we have needs. That's yeah. okay. Um, we're even called a, a weaker vessel. That's not a 
dis. It's just saying, hey, you have a different role, a different function. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but so often, so often we're working against each other instead of with each other and building mm-hmm. up. You know, we look at roles like they're good or bad, um, but they're just different from each other. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful difference. So our security and worth have got to be found in God alone, um, not in trying to take on something that we think we're being we're missing out on. Yeah. And obviously, we see this in Genesis. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and obviously, we see this in Genesis, where um, in the fall, literally, God says. Eve, your desire will be to your husband. Mm-hmm. And that means you will be de- desire to be in the place, in the headship place. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we um, will have to deal with. But just to speak um, personally for a moment, I I say this to people a lot, actually, especially with me and Ben. We, we love talking to people who are about to get married. We like to just have that honest conversation and say, hey, we're a little bit farther. We do not know everything. We're a little (laughs) bit farther ahead of you on this one. Um, So to speak personally, you know, I admit it. I'm I'm a strong woman, I would say. (laughs) I'm not a naturally (laughs) meek or quiet person. Um, But God calls me to that, right? God calls me to that in 1 Peter 3. I should have strength under control, which is what meekness is. I should have a humble spirit and a tender heart. Um, Mm -hmm. That's really important. But I have a great husband. And my husband actually appreciates my my strength when when it's the right kind of strength. He he appreciates it. Um, He loves me for for who I am. Mm -hmm. But I have a husband, you know, who who he listens to me. He he cares about what I say. He he respects what I think. Um, We make decisions together. We ultimately, you know, submission is a, is a, is a tiebreaker, right? Mm-hmm. As, at least I've, I've heard it said that way. Submission is there. It's in the Bible. And I don't think you can talk about your role as a woman without saying the dreaded S word. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it is there. It's literally there in our, in our description. <laughs> it's like as Jesus, the son, submitted to the father. Yes. Yes. They are equal. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's really, a tr- again, like I was saying earlier, it's a trust in God. It's a trust in God to put myself in that position. I'm trusting God to work in my husband's heart. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, Ben doesn't have to constantly wield that position over me because most of the time we work in harmony together. <laughs> we we make decisions together. There's actually only been one time in our lives where we were at an impasse. And I literally just had to say, yeah, we, we, we can't come to an agreement here. <laughs> it's only happened once. And I had to submit. I had to say, hey, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to decide to do right. And you know what? I'm here to tell you. It worked out. <laughs> I didn't yes. agree with the decision. But you know what? God took care of it. Yeah. God took care of it. He took care of us. And you know what? We learned from it. We both learned from it. We grew from it. And I would just rather emphasize to people, instead of being so afraid of what your God-given roles are, marry the right kind of person. <laughs> marry the right kind of person. 
yeah. that that you trust and that you <laughs> that you know is going to follow God. That's that's mm. the main thing. Um, but I think often we just we overcomplicate things out of fear. We stri- swing to extremes. Um, men should be leading with honor, hard work, um, and they should be listening, getting input from wise women. Um, women don't have to just innately distrust male leadership. I feel like we see that today. Mm-hmm. I do. I feel like we just inherently right now are just mad that men are in any leadership. Um, we don't have to live that way. We don't have to just long to be in that position in mm-hmm. the church or in the home. Um, let the godly men lead. Yeah. You can really see a lot. You can tell a lot. You can really tell everything by an ideology or a system of belief by what kind of fruit it bears, right? Right. And and what kind of fruit is a lot of this this woke, you know, this new wave of like, oh, we have to go down with the patriarchy and do this and that and get freedom, you know, mm-hmm. pitting different people, subgroups of people against each other and the oppressor versus the oppressed thing. All the fruit points to disharmony disunity mm-hmm. bitterness mm-hmm. anger more pain more, like that's the result because of the it only thing it can do is to deconstruct and tear yeah. down it has no power to build up right none right. Right. only only jesus can do that only yeah. jesus can do that yeah. um and thanks for mentioning that because i think that's really important to remember in our world today um, there is freedom, there is joy, there is peace, there is love in, in how God creates things. Um, so one more practical thing that I mentioned, um, just because I think it might help some, some people out there. Um, the world we live in today is different than the one 50 years ago that our parents or grandparents necessarily you know, grew up in. Um, a lot more women are working in things now, and I think t- to just address that, um, we recognize that in the home, things can, uh, when I say roles, it's, it's what are God-given roles. I think it's easy also to put into culture, um, cultural roles that have been, you know, that have been passed down. <laughs> mm. Um, so I, I just want to mention for a moment, shared responsibility, I think is really important in the home. Um, men, please don't get home from work and sit down and get on a screen, you know, that's, that's really selfish. Women Mm -hmm. don't murder yourself trying to work all day, come home, make a gourmet meal. You know, if, if that brings you joy, you know, go for it, you know, (laughs) but, or or if it's the right thing for you to do, do it, but, um, work those things out together. Um, that's just my little piece of advice, you know, create a list of household responsibilities and share those. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if someone works and someone doesn't, it is going to look different. I know for, for in our house, I do all the shopping and cooking and appointments and all the detail stuff. I cook clean. I do a lot of the, you know, women's stuff, <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a better way to say it. Um, but I also pay the bills, which, mm-hmm. you know, my mom probably never did, you know, <laughs> in, in more of a, that time period. Um, but Ben works a busy job all day, so I, I do a lot of that. But Ben comes home, and help, he actually helps with chores. He helps with kids. Mm-hmm. He folds most of the laundry at our house. <laughs> so um, I really... I, ben. Yeah. yeah, he's amazing. 
He's a great dad. Um, that is a, you're both parents. <laughs> Pet peeve here. Don't call the dad the babysitter. He's not a babysitter. He's a parent. <laughs> um, but I do like making nice meals for my husband because he appreciates it. You know, I, I like making a tidy, neat, beautiful home for us to live in and welcome others into. Um, but my point in saying all of this is teamwork, communication, um, embrace your God-given roles, and then work together for the shared joy of your family. Um, and I think I'm, I'm saying this as a woman. <laughs> Don't listen to our podcast today and be like, oh, get in the kitchen and make me a sandwich. <laughs> like work together yeah. um, for the mutual upbuilding. Um, and let's just trust God. Let's trust God. Know that he loves us and wants to bless us and watch him do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is exactly why God has the different roles. Like we are men and women are both gifted differently, uh, mm-hmm. designed differently, and they both, complement each other and mm-hmm. they both become the best that they can be when right. they're loving they're submitting they're walking with god and they're walking together getting closer to god like that's that's what works so thanks brother yeah that's that's pretty awesome because i was actually thinking you know that picture of ben and you for your children that's a fuller picture of god than just one of you or mm-hmm. the other so mm-hmm. yeah that's, right. that's very powerful So David's given a, a really kind of great introduction um, that's relevant to the time that we're living in, reporting some very current political events and <laughs> mindsets that are in the world. Becca's come with a very practical, um, like, how do you do this, you know, from a woman's perspective. So there's huge value in that. I'm going to take a slightly different tack and, and hopefully all the three um, things together kind of add some richness to what we're trying to communicate. Absolutely. So I'm going to kind of dive into the word. And there, there probably are too many scriptures here, and we're maybe going to um, edit some of them out, but I'll quote what the, the references are so that um, you can look them up for yourself. Nice. So um, th- this is a topic which has definitely impacted me, even in the work environment. And, you know, that, that whole thing, gender, um, you know, like, why does it matter? Why is it under attack? Um, it, it has real ramifications in the work environment. Um, mm. The way you treat people, the terms you use, like, what's considered inclusive, not inclusive, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You've got to understand what is LGBT, uh, what's it, LGBTQ+. Plus. Yeah. Anyway, I've lost track of all the letters they use. Just now they have 26 letters in there. Yeah. So, yeah. so as I say that, I, I don't want to dishonor anybody that's listening. You know, you might be right. in one of those categories. Right. And, you know, if you're, you're not loved. a believer, this is not judging you for right. what, what you're doing. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just what the Word of God says and what we cleave to as Christians, what we believe is mm-hmm. right in the eyes of God. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we don't discriminate against people because of that. Um, we just know a way that leads to life. Right. And, and, you know, we want to follow him. We want to submit our lives to him. We want to do it his way. 
And so the design is standing of kind of what that looks like. And some of the scriptures in today's context, you know, if I read these out in public, people probably can say it's hate speech, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I, I do think that um, there are two areas we could almost look at. One is gender identity. What does a person see as, you know, who am I in terms of gender? Mm-hmm. And the other one is like, what roles are assigned to gender? So, so a little bit of what I'll share here kind of, covers those two domains, if you want to call it. Um, so some of the scriptures, and we'll start off with an Old Testament one, Deuteronomy 22 verse 5, says this, A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. So, you know, as I read that scripture, that's New King James. And I'm thinking like, oh my goodness, you know. <laughs> if we look at the dress codes around the world at the moment, it's like, Mm-hmm. Um, the question though becomes God has used a, a really heavy word abomination to him and you know if the nature of God is unchanging you know it's not that he's evolving or he's getting a different opinion mm-hmm. it means God has some pretty strong views on what he finds acceptable and not acceptable mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. or what he had in mind when he created us mm-hmm. um, Romans one twenty six, and Dave has just preached recently on Romans 8 um, and I think he might have even um, mentioned this particular passage but Romans 1 26 to 27 kind of says it like this it says for this reason God gave them up to vile passions for even their woman exchanged the natural use for what is against nature likewise also men leaving the natural use of women burned in their lust for one another men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due and maybe I'll put in 1 Corinthians um, 6 verse 9 says this, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven? Do you do not be deceived? Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. You know, what we're talking about today is as much as we want to live as good a life as we want to live right now, this really is about the kingdom of heaven. It's mm-hmm. really about inheriting mm-hmm. eternal life. Right. And so these scriptures are weighty scriptures. They are really difficult in terms of um, how, how do you navigate around them in terms of the culture of our time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is what's, what's written in scripture. Or maybe pull up um, just one more. You can also look up Timothy 1 verses 8 to 11. But in Jude it says this, As Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities around them, in a similar manner to these, having given, given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So, hmm. you know, as we look at that, the, the issue here is, is sexual immorality. So sexual immorality, whatever form it takes, whether it's lust or adultery or pornography, um, or, or um, um, these um, gender IDs that are counter to what God intended or had in mind, um, they all fall in the, the area of where the, the soul of man is being corrupted, it's being mm-hmm. defiled, it's mm-hmm. kind of heading down the path that leads to death. It does not lead to eternal life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the Bible equates uh, messing with gender identity and roles much the same as major sins. 
you know, like stealing, yeah. killing, lying, etc. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just one of the, the manifestations of the fallen nature of man. Mm-hmm. And so we're all guilty of sin. You know, one of us is righteous before God apart from Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I think as believers, we cannot really judge the world. We say like, hey, we want to point you to Jesus. You know, he's, yeah. he's the one that leads to life. And right. He's got all the answers on how we navigate this. How we can be transformed by encountering Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've read these passages Please know, this is not my opinion. I, I wish there was an easy way around it. It's like, just <laughs> yeah. straightforward. This is what the Word of God says, right. you know? Yeah. And so, so I think we should not compromise on those areas. I believe in absolute truth. I don't believe there's relative mm-hmm. truth just based on your mm-hmm. social circumstance or, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Where, where you're at. And so mm-hmm. you've got to draw a line somewhere. What do you really believe? Mm-hmm. I believe the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And you're not writing the news. You're just delivering it right here. This is yeah, I mean, who wants to say this in our culture right now? Yeah. Really, ultimately, who wants yeah. to? I mean, we don't well, want we'll, to. We'll have to measure by the kind of reaction we get to this, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so um, the issue here is, is the kingdom of heaven. It's God's kingdom. Um, and as believers, we, in a sense, are um, first citizens of the kingdom of heaven before we are citizens of whatever nation God has placed us in. Mm, right. And so, so you know, our allegiance is, is to the pattern and the word of God. And the kingdom of heaven implies a couple of things. The first thing that it kind of tells you straight away is that it's a kingdom. In a kingdom, you have a king. It's mm. not a democracy. Right. It's not our opinion. It's not our popular vote. Mm-hmm. It's the king it. and his domain. <laughs> so it's a place where God is king. And... Um, Every kingdom has a structure. I mean, the United States of America has a governmental structure. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of heaven has structure and hierarchy. And, and that's necessary for it to function effectively. And it acts as the legitimate conduit of authority from the Father all the way down to every person that is part of the kingdom of heaven. And so, in a sense, we, we are part of the kingdom. We see part of it now. The fullness of the kingdom is coming. Nevertheless, we are children of God, part of his kingdom. Mm. Um, one of the areas where um, we see how this kingdom plays out in our lives today is, is just in the Lord's Prayer. You know, There's a line there that says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. It's actually a strange verse, you know, because if you're um, very strong on the sovereignty of God or you know, beginning and the end's all sorted kind of thing. Yeah. It's, um, you know, why would you need to pray, may your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven? And, and so, you know, that basically says that God's will is not always done on the earth. Mm-hmm. He uses all things for the good of those who mm-hmm. love right. him, but mm-hmm. his will is not always done. So we do live in a broken world. We see that there is structure in the kingdom of heaven, and there is a flow of authority. And we know that authority flows from the throne of God, um, from the Father, and um, it works through Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit. Um, so how does that relate to gender? Why does it matter? Um, and I think the, the first point is God is a God of order. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an order to creation. Um, God made man first. Ever thought about why he didn't make the woman first and then take the man out of the woman's room? You know, there, there's a reason. Um, at the same time, the woman is the same substance as the man. In other words, it's rib of my rib, flesh of my flesh, totally equal, e- equally valuable. Yeah. It's just there's an order. Um, and it says that the woman was made as a suitable helpmate. 
um, and she was born in such a way or made in such a way that she has a natural capacity to reproduce and multiply. Mm. You know, it's like the man couldn't do it by himself. Ben <laughs> can't so, nurse her baby, yeah. let me tell you that. Um, you know, as, 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 a, as a grandfather um, that has just had my first grandson born, um, man, if I had to go through labor, Lord help me. <laughs> I think I me the world's know? population would so, die if so the men had to go through women labor. Women are amazing. You know? So, yes. so yes. Uh, you know, but it's gender. You know, there's the, the certain roles which which we have, which are, are nature tells us that, mm-hmm. and the way God made us tells us that. And and you know, apart from technology, man has no way of manipulating the natural functions. Yeah, you could prostrate somebody so that they and it as opposed as opposed to a man or a woman. But it's like we don't have the ability to change the way God initially designed us, what he hadn't thought when he created right. us. Word says that before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Mm-hmm. Um, he said to Jeremiah, appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And so, mm-hmm. so God is, you know, he didn't do anything by mistake. Um, mm-hmm. and, and as we wrestle with things like um, gender identity, etc., it's probably a great place to get God, what are you thinking? You know, mm-hmm. how, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. And and that's not dismissing some of the natural issues that we see in our fallen world. Mm-hmm. There, there are many things like hermaphroditism. Um, yeah. And and th- there are things which we don't have all the answers for. But I'm I'm talking about the general pattern. What is in the mm-hmm. heart of God? What is His mind? What is His His mm-hmm. plan? Yeah. And so you know the verse, and I think uh, I'm going to read it again because I really think it is worth reading. Um, Galatians three twenty four to twenty nine. Um, it's, it's probably the most commented passage concerning um, gender or equality. Um, and, and so I'll read it again in its entirety just to, to give context and re-emphasize um, what is being said here. So, therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Mm-hmm. But after faith has come, we no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Ah, pause. All sons of God. <laughs> talking about you know, the next the next few lines kind of remember, all sons of God. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. So we see a, um, a passage here that seems to imply that, well, actually, maybe God's done away with gender, you know? Maybe he's done away with the distinctions, but that's not what it's saying. It's actually speaking about um, the final destination, the final intent of God. And I'll share another verse with you that will, mm. will highlight that um, and make it more plain. Um, so what I do want to do is say that the emphasis here is on Christ. He's the head. We the body. Mm-hmm. Um, if you check out 1 Corinthians 12, um, 12 to 27, you can see the whole picture of what the body is. Every part of the body is different. So he values us equally as heirs. However, if we are his body, the body is made up out of many different parts with different functions. Imagine if we were all the eye, or all the hand, or all the foot. Pretty strange looking body. Couldn't do much, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So clearly, the body has order. And that is tightly united under the headship of Christ. So it is also in a family context or in a gender context. Um, probably the verse which I would say, yeah, um, Jesus said when he was tested, um, by, um, I think it was the Sanhedrin, because they didn't believe in the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Imagine living a life and there's nothing, there's no eternity. And it's just what you have now. Wow. Anyway, um, they brought the example of a woman that was married to, to seven brothers, you know, each in succession after each one had died. Um, and they asked, whose wife will she be in the kingdom of heaven? Hmm. And uh, Jesus said, you don't understand the kingdom of heaven. 
men and women will not be given in marriage in the kingdom of heaven. They will be like the angels. And so there will come a time where the distinctions that we think are important in terms of gender mm-hmm. may not be as important in the future. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what that full picture looks like. We have mm-hmm. hints about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so maybe part of those things are you know, tied up in where we're at. Mm-hmm. But in order to get there, we've got to work according to God's order. Um, we can't try to get there by a different route. There's only one way, and it is in Christ. Amen. So another example of, of um, function, you know, we all say God is one. Um, um, the idea of the Trinity and, and God is represented in three persons the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit all co-equally God um, mm-hmm. it's a mystery how it's all tied together but um, we're not going to talk about the Holy Trinity but the idea is like, if you look in scripture you will see that it's always the Father who initiates the mm-hmm. Son's always looking to see what the Father says he says he only does what he sees the Father doing and the Holy Spirit only comes to show you everything that belongs to Jesus, to raise him from the dead, to provide the power for miracles and resurrection and everything else. So mm. the Godhead, even though it's equally valued, all fully God, mm. have different functions. Mm-hmm. And so it is also with gender. When it comes to, to the household, men have very specific roles. The Bible makes it clear that the man is the head of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, in a sense, he sets the boundaries. Whatever he permits and forbids, whatever he binds and loose, whatever he permits in his household, protects and values. That's what's going to happen in the household. Mm-hmm. Um, stats show us today that um, if a man comes to faith, there's a high percentage, I don't know the exact number, but it's something like 80% plus oh, of yes. people. I've seen that stat. Yeah, they come to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there's a, it's not that the man's better than the woman. It's not that he's more... Um, equipped to kind of explain the kingdom of heaven better there's mm-hmm. there's an authority that flows through the headship that has been given to man that if it's distributed in a godly way Amen. results in the pattern that god has um, called the family to follow so Amen. it's very powerful he's, he's to be the priest in his home what does that mean it means that he's to serve his family he's to bring them to the place where they worship god mm-hmm. he's to demonstrate what it is to serve god um so we see the man's a focal point of authority. It doesn't mean that he's more valuable than the lady, by no means. In yeah, fact, the yeah. husband's role is to love his wife as Christ loves the church. Mm-hmm. In fact, to lay his life down for her. So, I mean, you know, lay your life down for your wife. Man, that's, yeah. that's I don't know, patriarchy or whatever. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'd love for somebody to lay their life yeah, down right. for me. You know? Why are we yeah, against pretty, that? Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he has a fatherly role. You know, he reflects the father. In fact, many people's concept of who God the Father is um, mm-hmm. would, would be warped or, or, or not very clear if um, he doesn't represent the father well. So the Bible says, don't exasperate your children, demonstrate love. You know, he, he's mm-hmm. to model compassion, holiness, righteousness, mercy, be an example in um, speech and in deed. And the woman's role. Beck has already covered that. <laughs> Again, I'll point you, Proverbs 31, 10 to 31. Amazing. Yeah. She's industrious. She's the businesswoman of note. She <laughs> handles a whole family. Her servants call her blessed. Her children call her blessed. Her husband calls her blessed. Man, she's just, what What would the world be without the woman? You know? yeah. She's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm you. So, what is the purpose of gender? First of all, it's God-ordained. You know, gender is not for us to define. God has already defined quite clearly in his scripture um, what he has in mind when it comes to gender. It's not to be uh, modified or perverted by men. It's beautiful in the Lord's sight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at that Deuteronomy passage, we're not to be an abomination in the Lord's sight. It's designed for reproduction. Um, mm-hmm. It's essential to the family of God. 
That's one of the basic elemental building blocks of a healthy society, the family unit. Um, one of those elemental blocks is also part of his kingdom. Jesus often refers to his kingdom in terms of he's the father, we're his children, you know. Um, it's a mystery that the marriage between a man and a woman is a prophetic picture of Christ and his church. Yeah. Wow, check it that. I mean, do we? I mean, imagine <laughs> if we were saying, "No, Christ, Jesus. Um, actually, you know, we want to be the same as you. No distinction. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, well, then yeah. pick up your cross. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. it's like right. it's, it's it's insane. But anyway, marriage is a picture of Christ and the church. Jesus did something for his church. The man does something for his wife. You know, he lives in a way that is sacrificial. He mm. lives in a way that leads to life. He he lives in a way that for the Joy set before him. He enjoys the cross. You know, so like whatever you're going through in your marriage, I want to say to you, see beyond where your marriage is at because it's a picture of Christ and his church. Mm. There's something that God has there for you. When you read the Bible, we don't see all these different camps of people against mm-hmm. each other, at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's not what we see. We see that we, again, you, you quoted that verse, we are all one in Christ Jesus. Um, we, we shouldn't like own our identity as some subset of who we are Mm -hmm. we want everyone to find their true identity Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. an image bearer of Mm -hmm. god and if you know jesus as your savior you're a son a daughter Mm -hmm. of the king that that's your identity that's Mm -hmm. that's who we are and that unites Mm -hmm. people Uh, we all have unity through jesus christ and you know one thing to note too i think it's important to say is that we have so many hurting people in this world yep. that are looking for worth and value. Yep. And this is something that's just getting their eyes off of what their real worth and value is and putting it onto something even smaller, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. so confused. About, like, look at, the dis- look at the rates of suicide. Look at the mm-hmm. depression. Look at what's happening mm-hmm. with tearing this all down. You know, really people are hurting. And they need true hope. Right. And it is in an identity bigger than just my gender. Yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to end it with. Because usually people who are struggling with this, and and I hope if, if you're listening to this, don't take this as an attack on you personally. No. Like we want what's best for you. And we know what the Bible teaches, and we take it at face value as truth. And and what I believe is if, if you have been lied to and you've been deceived by, by mm-hmm. thinking that your, your gender is the problem and that you, that you have the wrong gender and, and if you can change that, you're going to get your pain to go mm-hmm. away and your problems are going to roll away. Mm-hmm. The truth is that's, that's not the you answer. We'll fix it. We love you enough to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Like the answer is through Jesus Christ and finding your identity in him. And that is the only thing that's going to bring you peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a soul rest that is found in the fact that you are loved by your Savior. He sacrificed his life for you. And even though, yes, there are confusing things. We have lived in a sin-cursed world, a fallen world. There is perversion. Maybe you have been abused. There's all these things that are going against God's way that we encounter on a day-to-day basis. But the answer is in the truth of who God made you to be, the truth of his son who came after you. It's not in a band-aid that you think might solve your problem. Mm-hmm. It's just only going to bring more pain. So we want you to know the truth. 
Well, thank you so much, Steve and Becca. That was a great conversation. All of our listeners, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And please share this episode. Uh, think of someone. Maybe uh, maybe you've had a conversation about this lately. And, you know, you just talked about the negative things. And, I can't believe this is happening in the world. Well, hey, here's your chance to shine some positive truth on that and maybe share this with a friend. And we would love to hear your feedback as well. You are loved. Thank you.